You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey everyone, it's uh, great that you can join us today on this Good Friday. Um, it's We are thankful for the technology and the way that we're able to come around and join online. And um, yeah, Burley Church does a fair bit of this. And so if you would like to, if this is your first time visiting us online, or you've just tuned in today, we would love for you you to see more of this and we'd love to show you more so if you want to hit subscribe um, on the button below if you're watching this on YouTube uh, you'll be able to stay in contact and we'll be able to um, yeah you'll be able to stay stay up to date with what what is coming out of Burley Church and so it's Good Friday today (laughs) and I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts this morning around us reflecting on what it means and why it's good and I want to I want to tell you a bit of a story first though before iPhones um, before before current smartphones, I remember getting one of my first, or I guess one of my first smartphones, you could call it. I wasn't as smart as the phones today. I remember getting this phone, I think it was a Samsung 8750, it was called, and it was a kind of hybrid between the old Nokias and something that you could actually touch screen. And I remember getting it, I remember really excited about it, and I uh, could do some limited things, had some limited games. And um, I actually was blessed enough to grow up in a house in Runaway Bay on the Gold Coast on a, on a canal. And um, we always had some sort of tinny around the house. It was an absolute great way to grow up. But I remember one morning we're going on a tinny and um, we had a little jetty. And as you stepped on from the jetty onto the tinny, guess what happened? You already know. <laughs> my Samsung 8750 <laughs> slipped out of my pocket. And almost like slow-mo, I could see it heading towards the canal and then disappearing to the bottom of the canal. Probably there for eternity. (laughs) Sitting at the bottom with the bull sharks in the runaway bay canal system. Never to be seen again. My Samsung 8750 disappeared. Never to be seen again. And that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit about today. I want to have a look at a day found in the Old Testament, a day that is 3,000 years old in the book of Leviticus, a day that I think, although has some crazy things involved with it, is a bit random, is a bit weird, is is 3,000 years of context. (laughs) I think it informs the question around why today is good, why it is Good Friday. And this day I want to talk about is called the Day of Atonement. You'll find this day in Leviticus, the third book of the Bible. Um, It can be found in Leviticus 16. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. And he is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. He is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He's to put the incense on the fire before the Lord and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the tablets of the covenant law so that he will not die. He is to take some of the bull's blood and with his finger sprinkle it on front of the atonement cover. Then he shall sprinkle some of it with his fingers seven times before the atonement cover. Just a snapshot there of the beginning of this day. The main day of this ancient tribe, the Day of Atonement. It's a day of reflection. It's a day of repentance. It's a day of gratitude. It's a day of rest. Everyone gets the day off. And it's a day of celebration. 
this entire day all leading to one central figure. One animal, if you will. And I've got him here. <laughs> and just in case you find the need to get attached to him today, I'm get, I've named my goat, just to give you a hint at what's to come, I've named this goat Samsung 8750. <laughs> just to give you a bit of a foreshadowing of what might be ahead for young Samsung here. It's centered, the day centered around a single goat. So let me tell you a bit about this day before we get to Samsung. This, this day would begin with a high priest washing, changing his clothes, putting on a certain, um, not a costume, but he put, put on a certain day of atonement dress. This day of atonement dressing was only used for that day. We talk about Sunday suits. Well, this was atonement attire. Then he would early in the morning get up and sacrifice an animal. We've talked about this in earlier videos for his own sin. And then he would, um, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for gratitude, thanking God for what he's got. What you have to understand is this tribe, moments before this, were slaves. They were the, I guess, animals, in a sense, owned by the Egyptians. The products owned by the Egyptians. And now God had blessed these people enough to have belongings to own themselves, to have cattle to be able to sacrifice. And so as he does this, as he smells the cooking, he's thankful for what he has, what he's been blessed and what he can participate in. He's thankful. And then as the whole crowd gathers around, you can imagine them waking up in the morning, they know it's the day of atonement. Kids, adults, they gather around the tent of meeting. The place which represents God's presence amongst this tribe. Priest comes out and he actually comes with two goats at the beginning. Two goats. It will make its way down to one goat. Two goats. One to be sacrificed. Then and there as an atonement. This may seem odd and it's 3,000 years old. It's a completely different context. Might seem odd at first to see an animal sacrificed. But as we've discussed previously, when, when we do something wrong, when we are selfish, when we hurt someone, when we cause brokenness, something breaks. In a community, in a world, in a personal level, we sometimes don't see this. Especially in modern times where we're so individual, we fail to see how our brokenness actually affects, how our selfishness can affect a whole community, a whole planet. And so on a spiritual level, something breaks or something needs to be broken in our own brokenness. And so while this 3,000-year-old habit is out of context and might seem a little strange this morning, the lesson here makes sense. As the tribe would stand around and the first goat would be an atonement, would be a sacrifice given, the thing that breaks, I guess in their place, the thing that covers them, the thing that forgives them and makes right relationship between them and God. If you've been around church or maybe you grew up in a Christian school or you just this, or you've ever had an Easter, then you'll know that this is a familiar subject. So we're not going to talk so much about atonement today. Rather, I want to concentrate on the second goat and what he was about. Because this second goat was kind of, while they're watching the first goat get sacrificed, while they could smell this smell, this barbecue that represented God's um, provision, which represented God's God being pleased with them. There was this second goat kind of on the peripheral. 
And as all stages would watch this somewhat cosmic, divine, living art, <laughs> as they watched the priest go through this ritual, they'd be learning from it. It would be transforming. It would be saying something to the whole tribe. They'd be reminded of their past in Egypt, their deliverance, their, the way, Passover, how God had saved them from that. They'd be reminded of all the things they now own, the home they now have, their family and friends and the God that divinely participates and is present with them. It'd be a day of celebration. The smells, the incense would all add to this one central day. We'd be growing them, we'd be changing them. Reminding them of the security, his ways and God's rest. Reminding their place, their identity in who he is and as a nation. All while this other goat <laughs> is sitting to the side. Kind of just sitting there on the peripheral. It's actually called the scapegoat. It's where that term comes from. It's a symbol that only appears on this day. Just sitting there. To the side. You see, there's two sides to what's going on here. Let me explain. If I offend one of my friends, or maybe a family member, I say something that I shouldn't have said, I say something out of my own brokenness, and I break something. <laughs> I break the relationship. I can sit down with them and maybe ask for forgiveness and try to rectify that later on. Say, look, I'm sorry for what I said. It was silly, but I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? And do you know what can happen? They can even forgive me. They can say, that's okay, I forgive you. But there's another side of that in the real world. You see, I have to at some stage move on from that. We may never be friends again in the same way after what I've said. We have to move on and be friends again and activate and try to find that same trust and same relationship. Yes, it's forgiven. But then there's going on and living in that forgiveness. It's two distinct things. Let me give you another example. Say you're a, a recovering addict. And praise God, you've, you've broken an addiction. And you've gone to rehab and you've come out clean from whatever substance or vice that you found had you trapped. But if you've been an addict, you will know. You still have to live every day. Some addicts wake up every day feeling like that vice, feeling like that thing. The battle goes on. So yes, you can be clean, you can fix yourselves up and a clean slate. But then you have to continue on with life. Continue on in that battle. Continue on in that forgiveness, in that restoration. In this moment, through the first goat, God is made right with the people. As they smell the burnt offering, they know they've been forgiven. It says that God is pleased. But they still may need to forgive themselves. They still may need to let go of the thing that happened that year. That's a different side. That's a different goat. And that's why this goat has been here the whole time. This goat would stir up feelings and thoughts from all ages watching this incredible morning. People, as they saw this goat, would think about their mistakes. They would think about, think about the things that slipped out that year that they wished they could take back. The opportunities missed. The damage 
they had done to friends or family or to their community. Even if not intentional, they would see this goat and they'd think about their regret, their brokenness. And the goat sits there. They would possibly think how they were wronged by others. There might be hurt or resentment still there from the year or from years before. And they, they might have forgiven, but they still feel like there's someone to blame. They still need justice. They still need somewhere to put that. That hurt. That resentment. That disappointment. How could they move on if they've got nowhere to place that? It talks about the collective hurt. The whole society's sins. Not just individual. The things that the society says, hey, guys, we could have done better. We could have done better. We could have cared more about this issue. Where do you put that? Where does that injustice go? Where does that blame go? Where does the resentment and hurt? How do you move on even if you've been forgiven? They knew the hurt was paid for, but now they needed to let it go. Move out of the valley. Move on from that mistake. And be defined by something new. And that's where Samsung 8750 would come in. The priest would lay both hands on the head of the goat. And he would confess the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites. He would lay all that blame on this goat. He would place all that hurt and that resentment and that need for justice in that moment and place it on this goat. You hear people crying out, people letting go of the weight they've been carrying, the mistakes they've made or mistakes people made against them and placing it on this goat. And then the rest of the tribe would celebrate as they see the goat go. Except for one guy. I feel sorry for this one guy. He misses out on a day of atonement, kind of. He has to take the goat out. One guy would be chosen, and he can come back. But so profound is this performance, this ritual, this holy move, this way. So profound is it that the guy coming back in would leave the goat in the desert, and it would disappear in the horizon. But he would have to burn his clothes upon entrance and wash himself for the rest of the day so he could enter again. But for everybody else, as they saw the goat, you can imagine, as they saw the goat disappear, you can imagine the applause, the shouting, the joy, the relief, and the celebration for the rest of that day. What a strange, out-of-context, little ceremony the Day of Atonement is. And you know, it might be really strange. It might even have aspects that we still don't fully understand. It's 3,000 years old. But you know what strikes me as I read about this day? As I read this story and think about this goat? Is I could seriously use one. I could seriously use a day of atonement, and I could seriously use a goat. I could seriously place some of the things that I still wrestle with, 
this past year and even further back. I could certainly do with something that I could place the blame on. The resentment, the hurt. I could certainly do with something a day where I'm reminded that I can let that go and move on. I think a whole world at the moment could do with one of these goats. Collectively, uh, they're, they're, they're messing stuff up. You just turn on the news, you know this. You've seen the, the riots. We're looking at the pandemic. You've seen the dysfunction. You've seen people just disagreeing on every level. You've seen what they call systematic hurt, hurt over generations and generations to people groups. You see, it's all coming to a head. It's all collapsing in a sense. Imagine if we had as a whole world a day where we said, we can forgive each other. And yes, we're going to make things right. But we're also going to let go of that hurt. We're going to place it on something and we're going to see it go into the distance. We're going to see Samsung 8750 disappear into the depths of the water. And we're going to move on. And we're going to do better. And we're going to build something better together. It's an ancient, out of context, strange idea that I think would do our planet a whole heap of good. <laughs> the brokenness, the gaps widening somewhere for it to go. The disconnection. And I guess I ask you, if you had a goat, if you had a day of atonement, if you had a Samsung 8750, what would you place on it? What would you hit the reset button on today? What would you want forgiveness and redemption and then restoration and freedom from today? What's holding you back? What's the voice, the person's voice that you need to let go? What can you not let go of that needs to go on Samsung? What would you like to see disappear into the desert on the back of a goat or sink into the ocean forever? And as you think about that thing going, would you cheer? <laughs> as you saw it go and you let it go, would you applaud? Imagine the relief of the afternoon with friends and family, eating, resting and celebrating. Imagine the relief. You know, we actually, we don't have a real goat today. Sorry, that's not where this is going. We're not actually going to start doing the Day of Atonement. But what we do have is a lamb. The lamb of God. In which Jesus, the great high priest, a thousand years after this ceremonial day, walked on this earth as a living representation of God. Walking amongst us. Fully pointing to God because he was God. And he didn't bring with him on the Day of Atonement a couple of goats. He brought himself. And in his sacrifice on the cross, he did more than both of these goats could do, ever. So look here at Luke 23, 44. It was now about the sixth hour. This is his crucifixion. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed, got dark, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw 
what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle when they saw what had taken place returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintance and all the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. As Jesus hung on the cross 2,000 years ago, yes, some part of it was cosmic transactional. (laughs) The wages of sin was death and he paid it, yes. He hung on that cross and he brought forgiveness to everyone, even those who were killing him. But the other part that can be missed, I think, sometimes, because we know that part generally, still crucial. The other side of this, of what he did on the cross, is about deliverance. You see, he didn't just kill sin like the first guy, but he killed it. He sent it out like the second goat. He didn't just kill sin. I mean, he didn't just let sin kill him and take his toll, but he killed it. He sent it out. He gave us freedom. He was victorious. He kicked the thing out into way beyond the desert, into way deeper than the canals of Runaway Bay. And so this very dark Friday can be informed from this ancient Day of Atonement can tell us on this very heavy Friday, It became a very good Friday for you and me. As he kicked this thing out. As he said, you can be forgiven, but I'm also victorious. You can let this go. You can now live in relationship with me. You can move on. This thing doesn't define you anymore. And so this morning, or this afternoon, or whatever time you're watching this, this is what I ask of us today as we finish off. I ask you to take a moment now. And this is always better to do this in person, but here we are on technology. And I'd love you to take a bit of paper and a pen. I'd love you to write down. First, reflect through this ancient, strange day of atonement and this second goat and think, what would I place on the goat if that's a helpful illustration? Secondly, think, what would I place on Jesus? What do I need to let go? What sin do I know that I've been forgiven? What brokenness do I know that, look, maybe things are right with God now, but I've still been living in it. I need to let it go. I'm not effective. I'm not fruitful if I'm still holding on to this stuff. Things do you need to let go of this morning? If it's your first time hearing this gospel, hearing the story of Jesus, then it might be your entire life you want to write down and give to him. (laughs) It says if you lose your life, you'll find it. New life in him. But for those of us that maybe know him, this is a reminder, this is a chance, this is a day, a moment of atonement. And what I get you to do is just write down those things. Write down those things that you hold on to. For me, not what I would, what I will be writing when I do this exercise. I'll be writing some of the things that sometimes people have said that I hold on to. That I let in. And yes, I forgive them. And some of them aren't even intentional. I just like to be liked. (laughs) And so I'll be writing those down and saying... 
You've paid the price for them, Jesus. It's not how I'm defined. I need to move on from this now. Not in my own strength, but in what you've already done on the cross. I'll be writing down some personal vices that I have that sometimes I lean into instead of his spirit, his presence. And I want to say, God, I want to let them go and I'll live life in your presence more fully. That's what I'll be writing down. And then I'll be just repenting from some actions that I do seek forgiveness on. The way I've spoken to my wife at times this year, the way I speak to my kids sometimes in frustration. Asking God not only to forgive me, for me to let it go, but also for me to be able to do better. (laughs) Living with his presence going forward. And so that's what I'll be writing down. And then what I'd love you to do, whether you are able to have a small fire, whether you're with some family and friends today, love you to throw the thing in a fire. If fire's uncomfortable and you live on a canal, then throw the thing in the water. Well, yeah, depending, maybe not plastic. <laughs> so maybe, or just put it in the bin. And know when the garbage man comes and he takes that away, it's gone. Pray for it to be gone. To let go this Good Friday. To move on to what comes Sunday we'll talk about living in the newness and the resurrection in a couple of days. Church, let me pray. Then grab a pen and paper. Take a moment and then rejoice as you let go of the hurt, the resentment, the sin that is holding you back. Make this Friday a really good one. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for This unfolding story that comes through the Bible, Lord, and as we look at this ancient, weird, 3,000-year-old tradition, may it inform us better, afresh even, of what happened on the cross. That you didn't just pay for our sins, but you gave us a way forward. You got rid of those sins, you defeated sin, and you kicked the thing out. You were victorious, Father. And we can share in that victory, not on anything we do, but in accepting you, in repenting and turning to you. We both share in the forgiveness and the victory, Lord, today. Father, give us both, a measure of both today as we reflect, as we process, and then we applaud and celebrate as the Samsung 8750 leaves town. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning. I just hope it is a time of letting go. And I hope you had some time to be able to do this little ritual or this little practice. And uh, we'll see you Sunday. Thanks.